Good evening, everybody. It is Monday, November the 4th, 2013, and it's time for 10 Dozen Minutes of Jick and Mr. Skullhead with Jick and Mr. Skullhead, featuring Jick and Mr. Skullhead with additional background vocals provided by Jick and Mr. Skullhead and a saxophone solo by Jick and Mr. Skullhead. Jick and Mr. Skullhead appear courtesy of Jick and Mr. Skullhead Records. I am currently in the satellite office in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Jick is in an undisclosed location. Quite undisclosed. You know what I? Uh, you know what I was just considering before I got on on this here radio device with you, Mister Skullhead. What were you considering? Disclosing I, your location. I was considering doing something that I have not had to do for a very long time. I think that I have not been willing to do for a very long time. I am considering buying a second blanket because it's cold as shit in this undisclosed ah, location. You're now living in a place where there is weather. Not, there like, is. not the gamut of weather that you might find elsewhere, but still no, somewhere. No, cer- certainly not. Uh, but, 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 but yeah, it's getting fucking cold at night, and I don't even know how to handle it. Like, there are two modes in Phoenix. There's the, it's too hot to sleep with anything on you, so you're just naked in the refrigerator. Of course. Uh, it's fine, so you just have a sheet on you. Or it's winter, so you have a sheet and a blanket. But here, the sheet and the blanket are insufficient. You might need to get yourself uh, some flannel sheets. Flannel uh, sheets are great. No. Uh, God, gross. No. I might have thought that, but uh, they're, they're kind of great. Because here, like, the house ends up being, you know, maybe 60, 65 degrees. Especially right now in the, it's cold, but it's not cold enough to trigger the furnace all the time. Okay. So... <clears throat> When you get into the bed where I have my, you know, I have some fancy sheets. I, you know, I didn't pay full price for them because I'm not an animal, but I've got some nice sheets, but they're really smooth and, you know, kind of slick. And so when it's cold in the house, those sheets are just fucking freezing for a little bit. Now you put on some flannel sheets and it's like slipping into a pair of flannel pajama pants. Right, but it's it's awful. It's like being in the largest p- piano pants. <laughs> That's That was what that word was. Um, Sing us a song, you're the piano pants. Yeah, he got so fat he had to wear piano pants. <laughs> um, if those pants weren't so upright, they'd be grand. Is upright Sorry. grand a real thing? Is that a, Or is that a fake designation on piano? Ultimate grand? Ult- no, I said upright grand, not ultimate grand. An <laughs> ultimate grand piano. <laughs> There's no rules. Battle Royale piano. Well, that means that the piano can only run like two paces when it has the frisbee. Okay. Are you only allowed to run two paces with the frisbee and ultimate frisbee? That's my understanding uh, from that time that the guy sat down next to me at Casey Moore's and wouldn't stop talking about ultimate no matter what. Are you are you uh, granting that the legitimacy that I would hope that you wouldn't grant it by referring to it as just ultimate? I refer the... to it ironically as ultimate. Okay, and not not ultimate, just ultimate, because that's how the dude kept referring to it. Ultimate. When he sat down, he said, "Do you play ultimate?" And I said, "What?" And he said, "You know, uh, ultimate disc." He's like, "Oh, frisbee? Ah, uh, no, dude, you don't say frisbee." I'm like, oh, okay. <sighs> This conversation is happening whether I want it to or not, and yes, <sighs> it was true. But you know, I I can't wear pajama pants to bed anymore. Like anything more than my underpants on my body at bedtime just triggers a weird claustrophobia that hardly ever happens. See, I don't think I would be able to even sleep with your underpants on. 
Um, well, you regularly sleep with them on your face. <laughs> yeah. So the flannel sheets are a way of dressing for bed without dressing for bed. See, but I feel like the flannel sheets are a way of convincing yourself that you are drowning in clothing, even though you are not. I mean, sheets are made out of the same things that clothes are. No. Oh, I'm sorry. They're made out of, of special sheetness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, regular cotton sheets, I, f- I feel like you don't have shirts with that quality to the cloth. No, I suppose maybe you don't have 800 thread count cl- shirts. I don't think that I... D- d- is, isn't 800... I thought like 300 was the expensive kind. Oh, honey. No? No. Dude, I don't know. I mean, now that my dog is taking to chewing holes through the sheets, I'm more inclined to do to find something a little, a little less fancy. Like, a, well, I mean, you keep getting rawhide, the the expensive rawhide sheets. That's true, but that's just like having a leather couch. You know, it's luxurious. Oh, okay. And completely impractical and kind of lame. I mean, you can head them. You can head them up and move them out even as you sleep. That's true. <laughs> leather sheets, man. If you were allergic to flannel, you could go to sleep in flannel sheets and wake up with rawhide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that one of uh, Hot Stuff's frat brothers is nicknamed Rawhide. If you were that guy's wife, you could go to sleep and wake up with rawhide. Every day. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. The, like, I would never pay more than, like, 60 bucks for a set of king-size sheets. But usually you can find some 750s or some 1250s in that price range at Marshall's. At that point, like, you would need a microscope to verify their claims, right? Yeah, sure, but if they're all the same price, you would probably get the highest quality, or the, you know, the highest thread count you can get. I think I've just discovered a way to trick you. I don't think I've ever lain down on a sheet and said, you know what, this feels way more like 500 than 750. Hmm. Plus, there's a P underneath the mattress. And then my wife's like, sorry, I uh, flipped the mattress over. And I figured that would be all right. Mm. Um, right, because she took a pee on the mattress and then flipped it over so that you wouldn't know that she peed on it. <laughs> and she was so mad that she then flipped it over. Because <clears throat> yeah. the mattress has turned. Uh, so I think the sheets that I'm using here are ones that I bought at on clearance at Target for one of the air mattresses for housing people at Con. Mm-hmm. One year, uh, so I probably have literally the cheapest possible sheets, and they're fine. <laughs> you think that until you try something better. I mean, I've had some better sheets. Like I bought, I bought some, uh, I bought some sheets at the Ralph Lauren outfit output mm. outpost. <laughs> that Ralph Lauren outfit outlet. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm. The Ralph Lauren fortress. Is it Lauren's output? Lauren. Ralph Polo. Ralph Bakshi. I got some of those Ralph Bakshi shirts. They're they're just printed with weird aliens and naked ladies. Everything traced, rotoscoped. Mm -hmm. I think I've found some sheets at Target that feel nice and are cheaper, and they don't really publish their thread count. And, it, you know, it, it was never about the thread count. It was about what they felt like, and the higher thread counts felt better. Our forums have a pretty good thread count. Yeah. But you know what Target is doing that I just want to reward because it makes so goddamn much sense? 
is the packaging for their sheets is made out of the same cloth that the sheets are made out of. So you don't have to open the package to feel them. Huh. Is that a thing that you would do? Yeah, yeah. Huh. I wouldn't buy unfelt sheets. I would buy flannel sheets, but I wouldn't buy sheets that were unfelt. Right. Uh, You could just make your own sheets out of cat hair. That's probably... It's dog hair these days, but yeah, definitely. Hmm, Good. Do you, have a, do you have a hairy dog? I don't even know what kind of dog you have. A white one? Is it a Weimaraner? Is it a, it's white, a, it, a white Marauder? It's a dog that leaves clouds of white fur all over everything, which is kind it, of sucks. Is it a husky? No, he's fairly svelte. Okay. Is it... Uh, I'm trying it's to a mutt, you know, and it, it's about dog-sized. The head is... His head is maybe, like, dick level. I saw a uh, Chihuahua on the on the street today uh, that was wearing a vest that said security. Yeah, which I actually, you know, that was pretty cute. Do you suppose that was providing the security to the Chihuahua, or that mm. the chi- that the Chihuahua was providing security to someone else? I assume that the Chihuahua was providing security to a venue. Oh, right. Like keeping the rats out. I was just thinking maybe it was a nervous Chihuahua, and the vest made him feel better. Yeah, could be. He has a service human that's allowed on airplanes with him. Right. <clears throat> he scatters food on the floor so that his human will stay close to the table. Hmm, service human. Now there's an idea. Wait, what? <sighs> How you been, Mr. Skullhead? Been pretty well. We've had a couple of weeks off. So, uh, or at least one week off. Off of recording. Of, off of, oh, 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 of the, okay. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> So we didn't record after. I assume, no, no, no. I understand now. I assume that you meant you and your wife. And I was like, what? Are you, what? You, it's the middle now of. Now, why would I say we on this show and refer to me and my wife instead of you and I? I, I don't know, man. That's the, when we, I say that's the we, we that you're always talking about. We never have sex anymore. Yeah. You should assume that I'm talking about you and me. Well, except that I know that that's false. Oh, okay. But I don't know that. I don't know whether or not the listeners know that that's false. Right, and I don't know whether you're lying or not. When I can't look into your eyes, A, I can't get an erection, and B, I don't know whether I, I don't know how to go along with your lies. Hmm. Maybe uh, we can just keep a chat channel open, and I will just type JK every time I'm lying about something. Oh, man, but then I have to watch it all the time, or I'll get offset, and I'll, I'll think that you're JKing about all of the things that you're not JKing about and uh, then uh, that you're you're not JKing about all the things that you're not serious about. And I could really ruin it by talking about somebody named Simmons and then clarifying JK in the mm-hmm. in the thread or rolling. Yeah, JK rolling, Cirrus rolling. <laughs> yeah. Or John Kerry. Uh so we had the Halloween party that was super dope. Uh some friends of ours spend a good month every year Halloweening their house Growing and then throw super a dope party in their hydro closet. Yeah. No, I went as super dope. Okay. A guy who is uh, extraordinarily stupid. But then I also wore a costume. <laughs> ah. uh, yeah, so you wait so where you didn't put on the party, you went to the party. Yes. Okay, who put on the party? Uh, these guys, Sarah and Dave, who are just part of the group. These guys, <clears throat> Sarah and Dave? Yeah, two, two, uh, two gay men named Sarah and Dave. <clears throat> I can't tell if you're kidding or not. No. 
No, Sarah's a lady. Okay. <clears throat> They're well, the, she's female. I don't know if I would go so far as to call her a lady. She's no lady to Dave because she is his wife. <clears throat> but anyway. Nice paraphrasedokian. Yeah, they're nice people, and they throw a Halloween party, and all of our friends go, and this year we actually got to go, because we had a sitter. The uh, We ended up, we started with the intention of doing, uh, uh, this is my wife and I, not you and I, started with the intention of doing uh, some Wreck-It Ralph costumes, and found that we hadn't set aside the time or budget or budgeted our time to pull that off. So, uh, as we kept failing to find the simple goddamned articles of clothing that would make that costume possible, we kept joking, like, we should just go as mimes. Like, vampire mimes. So we went as vampire mimes. Huh. And that was kind of fun. Like, I had giant fangs of the sort that, uh, we all lusted after in high school. That's not you and I, that's me and the, uh, other drama kids in high school. Okay. And uh, the ones that use the dental putty to stay in. So I was able to close my uh, black lipstick lips around the fangs so they weren't visible and walk up to people and have them go, oh, cute, it's a mime. And then I bared my fangs and then they jumped back and that was pretty awesome. Mm. Did you have a tattoo pointed to your mouth that said entrance only? Also, nothing that is not blood allowed in this entrance? I mimed that, yes. Okay. Did you um so so when you get when you get the serious vampire fangs like that do you then do a little bit of RPing in the bedroom and uh, puncture your wife's jugular? Uh, no, the femoral artery. Okay, okay, that makes that makes a little bit more sense, I guess, because then the scars won't be visible to her students. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an animal. I think I'm already I'm protesting too much. On yeah, that you're point. not you're not an animal who would who would a drink your wife's blood or B pay full price for sheets mm-hmm. those are the two ways in which you're not an animal this week would you look at that lion over there paying full price for sheets mm. did you do any Halloween stuff his, his wife would be pissed if she had any blood left <laughs> uh, I think she would be glad that she had some blood left honestly well okay uh, we uh, we didn't do a lot I, I so we had gone to that Abraham Lincoln party Uh, So I had an Abraham Lincoln costume, and then I put on the Abraham Lincoln costume, and we sort of wandered around the streets, uh, where, in places in San Francisco where there is nothing going on on Halloween, there is almost as much going on as the places on the streets in Phoenix that there is stuff going on for Halloween. Uh So, uh, you know, we just kind of walked around. We went to a couple bars, and we talked to some people, we met met some people, looked at some costumes, uh, some... Uh, some random black guy by the train station was like, hey, honest Abe. And I kind of nodded and smiled and then I walked past and then he spent like another minute sort of yelling at me for not acknowledging him sufficiently. Yeah. Uh, And then he said something about my having freed him and I almost turned around and yelled, you're welcome. But then I thought that that would be mean. (laughs) Um, So I didn't do it. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. Did you think he would have... uh he would have punched you? Mm-hmm. Probably. Black people are violent. Wow. Some of them are. It's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The violent ones. The problem I had with our costume, uh, and it continued as we, uh, like, we dressed Ollie up in a, in a little mime costume and took him trick-or-treating on the actual Halloween night, 
is that people kept going, oh, look out, it's some jailbirds. Or, uh-oh, don't steal from me, robbers. Hmm. Now, I understand that we were wearing black and white striped shirts, you know, the horizontal stripes. And But then we were also wearing, like, white face makeup and, like, white gloves. Yeah, you're like ghost jailbirds. I guess. Oh, uh, like, he was arrested for dying, and now he escaped. Those guys are, like, juggalo robbers in the heart of America. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Jug- a juggalo soldier. How is that? <laughs> yep. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> let, let us write and record that. I think one of us is going to have to learn how to play some reggae. And uh, I have a feeling that neither of us wants to. Well, like learning to play reggae is really just learning to stop playing the guitar on certain beats, right? Is it? It, it, like, you, it, it's almost entirely that strum pattern. I don't, I don't think there's like a, a really complicated schema for it. Yeah, I guess you're like just sort of hitting on the two and the four all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a slow ska, right? Yeah, and if you can get the like in in before the strum, then that's fine. I, I'll make a little drum track for the, and then I'll only have to do the. Okay. Then I'll have to learn some more about juggalos. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I know. Uh, yeah. I know that they don't want to go. Uh, they don't want to go echo side uh, because I think that's like the. I think that might be hell, or right. uh, or at the very least, it is the afterlife, uh, in which maybe you cannot get any cotton candy or nedin, both of which are pussy. <laughs> uh, what rhymes with Malenko? Hmm. Uh, we were fighting for Pachenko. We were fighting we're for Malenko. Playing Pachenko, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, okay. Um, raising up a stinko. That's kind of a stretch. Mm. We'll ask Damien. That's his job to rhyme stuff. Okay. Oh, we were uh, we were getting some flyers made at Kinko's for the ICP show. Yeah, getting flyers made at Kinko's. For the ICP show. Yeah, there you Celebrate go. Celebrate the great Malenko. Excellent. It writes itself, really. Yeah. So we got to we gotta get the Dark Carnival in there? Yeah, that shouldn't be hard. Okay. The, uh, oh, uh, then there was the Columbus this past weekend. Yeah. Tell me about that. The, the Columbus. You know what there aren't a lot of from Minneapolis to Columbus? Decent fucking flights. Hmm. But uh, thankfully, there was at least one, and it was on an airline that uh, Jello Boy knew somebody who worked for them. So he got me upgraded into the like more legroom economy plus seats. Oh yeah, is that like a like, JetBlue oh, that does that? Uh, it was United. Hmm. I was like, man, I am balling like a guy who spent an extra twenty bucks per flight, but I didn't. JetBlue is the one that I know of that has that twenty bucks for four more inches of legroom. In the front half of the plane, or whatever. Yeah, they're just the seats right behind first class, where they're... I don't know, there's maybe a foot. I think JetBlue actually doesn't have first class. Hmm. I actually like that better. Do you? I feel like we should live in a classless society. I mean, I feel like I will always pay $100 to upgrade to first class if I can, so I Hmm. like that it is there, so I can occasionally have a flight that isn't terrible. Hmm. Also, I haven't been on an airplane. I don't remember exactly when the last time I was on an airplane was. I think it might have been, like, last Dragon Con. 
Well, I'll give you credit for that. You decided you were done flying on some fucking airplanes, and then you'd pretty much stuck to that. I mean, I don't know that I decided that I was done. I was just like, you know, I don't like it, and uh, there ain't no rules anywhere that say you gotta fly somewhere. Nope. I mean, if you have, like, if you have a time budget, you can get anywhere in the States you want to go. Yeah, that's true. But uh, Columbus was good, and Jello Boy did a great job organizing it, as usual. How was attendance? It was about 60. How does that compare to when we've been in the past? I don't even know. I believe last November's was closer to 100. I mean, they kind of split it in two, right? Yeah, there was a weird thing. They are thinking of doing it next June. And just making sure nobody who has went to the either either other one is going to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the impulse to want to move a thing around like that because you only hear from the people who are like, oh, I can't go uh, when it is, so if you did it some other time, I'd be able to go. And then you think, oh, if we did it some other time, more people would be able to go. But, like, I don't know that that's really true. I'm interested to see if that would work because there are a lot of people who say they haven't been able to go because of school. Although, if there are people who have been saying that for four years, they might be done. Maybe they were lying about being in school. They could have just been being polite. See, this is the thing about learning about the different ways in which people lie about stuff. It makes it so you just can't ever fucking understand anything. (laughs) I just assume that everyone is, like, unless they're obviously being sarcastic, I just take everything everybody tells me at face value. And assume that they're telling me the truth, because... Why would you lie to people? Yeah, but you do that thing where it's like you ask a girl out on a date and she says, no, I have to wash my hair. And you say, oh, well, you know what? My uncle owns a hair washing place. Why don't we just go on our date there? You can get the VIP treatment for free. And then she's like, (sighs) because she was lying. Yeah. I mean, I think I learned a little bit of sophistication over time. But I would also then probably by the end of that conversation go, you could have saved a lot of time if you had just said, I don't want to go out with you. Well, right. But I mean, I feel like you can also just save a lot of time by taking every maybe as a no. (laughs) Right. And then just like, you know, if you ask a girl out and she does not enthusiastically and immediately say yes, she doesn't want to go out with you. Yes. So like, like if she says, so call me, maybe mm -hmm. she means don't. Unless it is Alia Shawcott and she is on set, and is, mm. is you know because she is a noted method actor, and so if so anybody, call me comma, if anybody calls her Alia on set, she forgets who her character is, mm. and all she does is buy pillows from Roy, uh, because that is the only thing that I have known her to do out of character. Huh. Anyway. Uh, so what'd you do it? What'd you do at Columbus? Was it just you, or was it was it we? Columbus. By which I mean you and your wife. It was it was just the me, and uh, you know, and sixty other cool people. I got in late Friday night, but did a little bit of drinking. Uh, did you get your Saturday, bottle? Of, did you get your bottle of the Jimmer to carry around? I did. Nice. And it was emptied before it was put away. Uh, Saturday was like the well. So like, when you open a bottle of tequila, it's like a Chris knife. Like you, you have to drink the whole thing before you can put it down. Well, I'd I'd never want to end the meat with any left in there, you know. Oh, you didn't mean like the first day. No, no. Especially because I got in late Friday, that would have been rough. But Saturday, I did a perfect drunken evening where 
I got super duper hammered around 10.30 and then just kind of coasted, maintained, and got sober whilst having a great time and then went to bed pretty much sober and felt fine the next day. Hmm. That was excellent. And I won a poker tournament while completely sloppy drunk, which kind of pissed off the people who were trying really hard to win the poker tournament. Do you think you were, do you think you played with adroitness and skill or do you think you got lucky? I think that my poker face was better because I literally couldn't move my face. So, you know, nothing, nothing was betraying me there. People had to keep telling me that it was my turn to bet and stuff. And I was probably taking more chances than I usually would. So like you took Abba's advice and you took a chance and then you took a chance and then you took a chance, chance. And then you took a chance, took a chance, took a chance, 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 took a chance. Possibly. How many I chances? I took their advice and became a dancing queen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Young and sweet. Uh, you know what was cool? Um, Friday night, Lilac brought his uh, rock band set up and did a karaoke rock band. <clears throat> Where you could submit songs on little karaoke strips, and he had a booklet of all of the... Because, you know, he makes songs, and he downloads all the homebrewed songs from the rock band people. So he had you know, hundreds of songs, and it kind of ran it more like a karaoke night than a rock band game, and that was super tight. For people who love karaoke and rock band, like we all do. That's yeah, that's That's old school. Nobody plays rock band anymore, bro. Yeah, that makes me kind of sad that the world just kind of finished with that. You know what? I, what I'm not sad about is like I like it when there's a party at my house and nobody's playing rock band because it's not that I like. It's not that I think that rock band is bad. It's just that every party for like a year just turned into a oh somebody's hitting some plastic real fucking loud. And, like, you can hear the sound of the drumsticks hitting the fucking plastic drums way further out than you can hear the music coming from the television. And it was just like, yeah, cool. This just makes it so like, everyone has to go outside if they want to have a conversation. And that it just kind of sucks. I felt like every time I was at a, a party, which was usually at your house, that there was rock band, I kept thinking, this is not really a party game. This is a game for when that's the only thing that you're doing. Yep. And when everyone, it rapidly when becomes the only thing it, you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, don't know, I don't know. I Like, I enjoy it, and I feel like it would still be fun to play. It's just that it, I don't know, it kind of, it's weird to have seen something like that just kind of come into style and then go out of style. Yeah, I kind of assumed, like, well, like, when karaoke first became a thing and I started reading about it when I was, like, 16, I thought... Man, it's a shame that that's a fad that's going to have died down before it's my time to do it, because that is exactly the kind of thing that I would like. For those who are like me, who like that kind of thing, this is the kind of thing that I would like. Yeah, sometimes they stick around, I guess. I mean, sushi, yeah, that, I remember sushi you know, stuck around, like thing. weird coffee stuck around. Like, I feel like the things that the things that were reported on in the news when I was growing up in the sort of rural Midwest were like... Can you believe just crazy crap that people are drinking instead of coffee? Espresso? What? What is espresso? Yeah. And and then uh, and then sushi. I remember like finding out about sushi and it was just like sushi was the sushi was the equivalent of like kumquat in terms of like making a joke about weird food. Yeah. You know, and now it's just a thing that like my mom has had. 
Yeah, I remember, well, like, watching some of the horror movies from the 80s, there's the easy go-to, like, stereotype California character who, like, work, they always work out at a gym and eat sushi. Mm -hmm. And sometimes yogurt, if it's early in the 80s, like, who the fuck eats yogurt? Yeah. What, like, back in the days when Jamie Lee Curtis was barely pooping. Yeah. That should definitely be the, the way that you measure time. <laughs> is by how is by how much. It turns out that Jamie Lee Curtis is actually God's clock, <laughs> and uh, the whole movement towards probiotic yogurt is just God trying to make time pass regularly. Man, for a minute there, you had me thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis as the pitch drop. <laughs> <laughs> like just a camera, it's just a time lapse camera, just focused, focused on Jamie Lee Curtis's bum hole. That is exactly where my brain went with like no one has actually ever seen anything drop out of there, but there's a pile underneath her. <sighs> Damn it! <laughs> a weird fucking brain. Oh, you know what we found in Columbus that for apparently the past ten years, no one has bothered to tell me exists there uh, is a diner called Scully's Diner. Huh. That has a giant neon sign that says Scully's and a big arrow hmm. for me to be photographed beneath. I didn't know about that either. Did you guys get any Skyline BNR 34 chili this time? <laughs> we did not. Somebody auctioned off a, a plate from Skyline. Huh. They just had some of their stuff on it. I gotta say that I did not really enjoy the food at Skyline BNR 34 chili. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go anywhere. Well, I did go... Um, to a place called the Surly Cowgirl, which was neat this time. That was kind of a, like, Tex-Mex saloon-ish. Uh, still had all their Halloween shit up and was incredibly Halloween-y as well. Oh, so. nice. <clears throat> like, were the, were the wait nice. staff all dressed as vampire mimes? Mm-hmm. It was really awkward because when they had to confirm your order, they had to act it out. Mm-hmm. We went to a pizza <laughs> place here where all of the employees were deaf. Why am I not surprised that that exists? Yeah, that's weird. Uh, also, there's a there's a poster on the wall that tells you how to say pizza in uh, sign language, and it's basically just goatsy. <laughs> um, and it is a pretty good poster. There was one guy there that could speak, but he also had to had to know sign language to get hired there. Apparently, and it was all right. It was like one of those things where. Pizza, pizza is a thing that's sort of hard to find. There, we've we finally found a pizza place around here that just makes like a fucking pizza. You know, everything yeah. else is like that. Just like all right, well, so this is like this is sort of like a tortilla with some arugula and prosciutto on top of it that we baked in a wood fired oven, and that's what we're calling pizza. It's like too far down the road of like because when you go to like the places where serious pizza enthusiasts get excited about like pizzeria bianco or whatever they do that just weird it's it's closer to what we were roy uh, roy took us in germany to have uh, to have a dish called flammkuchen which is basically just like this it's like a tortilla with some stuff on it that they cook like a pizza and mm-hmm. often it has cheese and often it's like it just has pizza ingredients on it but then a lot of the time it's just like some weird shit you know, that's like not anything like you would call pizza. I kind of feel like if a thing doesn't have cheese on it, it's not pizza. That's kind yeah. of how I feel. I, I would have to agree with that. 
and I and I don't you know I I, I like a I like a pepperoni. I like some some very little tomato sauce. I, I I'm it doesn't need to be. You don't need to have marinara. You don't have you know you know you don't need to have a tomato sauce for it to be a pizza because I a white pizza is a pizza. Yeah, right. and I it's say a like, delicious pizza. You know, like some bread with some olive oil and a layer of cheese and say some clams on it. I would probably still characterize that as pizza if it was sold to me as such. But you take the cheese off and that's just fucking oily clam bread. <laughs> what are you looking at, oily clam bread? Mm. That would be a really good insult if it were possible to say it quickly. You know what we should do? We should start a new holiday, which is like April Fool's, except instead of playing a cute prank on somebody, you just refer to everything as, like, super badass words. Like, hmm. so it, this would be like... Ten dozen murders. I guess that's sort of scary. Kind of Halloween-y. Uh, with uh, Son of a Bitch and Mr. Motherfucker... An oily clam bread. We'd have to have a guest named Oily Clam Bread. <laughs> yeah, I think you were more along the lines of ten dozen murders. Yeah, yeah, murder was wrong. What's a good? What's a good uh, badass thing? Uh, ten dozen motorcycles with son of yeah. a bitch and Mister Motherfucker. Special guest Oily Clam Bread, who will make fun of for being a sissy. Guy named Oily. That's never, you're never going to be a badass with a name like Oily. No. It's like, you know, Ollie, if though. your name was like Ollie's Moist. Name. He was like Moist Clam Bread. Attorney at law. At your service. <sighs> well. We had a very long conversation in the Surly Cowgirl that uh, started with Garfield for some reason and uh, led to like a 45 minute deconstruction of Garfield and how. It was uh, unjustly maligned for being really bland, hmm. when in fact it, it's it's very subversive. Do you think that Garfield is subversive? I mean, it, there were the those weird experiments in the in the late eighties that it when it seemed like he was kind of done with it, but didn't know how to quit. Yeah, and did the like the one where Garfield for a week was in this dystopian future yeah, where he the, woke up alone, yeah, the, like and, Halloween one. That was pretty crazy. And then the book Garfield Nine Lives, which had a couple of stories that were really kind of creepy and dark graphic novel style things. Hmm. But uh, yeah, segued into Calvin and Hobbes and ended with some comic strip someone saw on Reddit that was like Calvin and Hobbes, only the little girl had a bunny and her dad had sex with her while the bunny watched. And then a hush fell over the crowd. As it did just now. I have seen that comic. Hmm. Wow. Huh. I feel like was that? The, I feel like I probably have. Yeah. But I'm was blocking. that not a? I mean, it wasn't really a comic strip, right? Like that was more like a. That was more like an electric sheep. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. Yeah, it is pretty horrible. That's, that's what it was. Everything is horrible, Mister Skullhead. It's horrible. It's horribleween. <laughs> What other? I'm sorry, Mister Motherfucker is what I meant. Right. What uh? What other Columbusy things were there? There was an auction. The auction went well. It raised about as much money as they did last year, hmm. which was good. Uh, there was a <clears throat> a gigantic and ongoing Nerf war the entire weekend, which I would have expected to get annoying, but never did. Hmm. 
Like, it seemed to go in waves that were agreeable to my, like, okay, I'm sick of risking being shot with a Nerf gun coming in here. Did you get iced? Lots. Really? Yeah. How has that come back? Uh, Apparently last year, Patrick auctioned off the chance to ice me at at, uh, September Con. Okay. While he filmed it. And then I guess that people took that to mean that that was back on. So I got, uh, it was Deer Sire who did it in Phoenix and then he did it again when he picked me up from the airport. So I really couldn't complain. I'm not used to the verb in off while he filmed it being auctioned. Oh, sorry. Sorry, it took me a while to get my bearings. You know who did uh, Leah Sang, who is someone that, I guess she has been at Archon at least once, but I hadn't really met, iced me with like a fucking 40. Of Smirnoff Ice. I did not know that there were 40s of Smirnoff Ice. That's... It was a big fucking bottle. Hmm. I mean, anybody who does that, like, the joke is kind of on them, though, because I don't mind the way that that tastes at all. So, it is just kind of like handing me a thing to drink. But to me, it's like ruining my day, and I'm just not going to participate in that. Hmm. Because like I, I wouldn't feel I don't think any effects from drinking a single one of those, even if it was at three in the afternoon. Yeah, but what if somebody gave you ten of them, or they gave you one that had been fortified? Hmm. See, that's that is the next level, is to pour out half of the Smirnoff ice and fill it with just Smirnoff. Mm-hmm. Or to just ice someone with a Smirnoff. It's <laughs> like a bottle just a, of fifth of just vodka. Just a handle of vodka. Take a like, knee. Take a take knee. Take a knee, bra. <clears throat> That's what you say. Take what? It's cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. So yeah, it was super great. And I'm glad I went. And I'm going to go next time if I can. And everyone should go. Well, excellent. We went to the... Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that uh, Hot Stuff will want to talk about this, uh, but we went to, uh, I don't know if you've ever done this. Have you been to the Exploratorium in San Francisco? The Science Museum here? I uh, know, I haven't got there yet. They have a uh, an exhibit that's more like, it's more like an art installation than a science museum thing. In a lot of ways, it was made in the 70s, I guess, apparently by Nicolas Cage's father. Uh, hmm. But it's called the Tactile Dome, and it's a thing where you go into this sort of geodesic dome and then there's a little waiting room but then once you're in the 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 exhibit proper it's like pitch black and you have to feel your way around and it's designed for that you know it's like not dangerous and <laughs> sure. all of the surfaces are weirdly textured and weirdly angled and the the sort of spaces are designed to be explored by feel that was pretty fun that's pretty awesome um and we went to Double Fine Studios put on an event called Day of the Devs, which was just a sort of a like, um, eh, I don't know. It was it was KOL Connie. It was uh, it was like they rented out a building and there was a stage with some musical acts on it and there were some games being demoed and a lot of nerds hanging out drinking some beers, and that was pretty fun. <coughs> we got to we got to dance to the. Uh, Electronic machinations of DJ Phil Fish. Is he a known DJ? Uh, yeah. No, he's a he may, he's a known video game designer and Twitter butthole. 
Oh, okay. But apparently he DJs also. He did an okay job, I guess. I don't know. I was upstairs, as far away as I could get from the music, talking to video games mans. Because mm. that's what I do. I don't dance, and I talk to video games mans. But uh, Emily was in town for Halloween and for the weekend, and so that was good. Took some took some time off. Did she also dress up as Abraham Lincoln? No, she brought a costume and then decided not to wear it because she didn't like the way that it looked, apparently. And I don't even know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> So so she liked the way it looked enough to bring it, but... I don't think she had ever put it on. Ah. Uh, yeah. You know, you can't. Was it a sexy Bert and Ernie costume? Uh, wow, Bert and Ernie? Huh. Hmm. Like, well, the, the costume is Bert and Ernie in a sexy 69. So uh, <laughs> your head is Bert's, and then there's just like an Ernie head in your crotch. Huh. <laughs> this is pretty funny, actually. Because you couldn't... I mean, one thing that you can't do while you're while you're in a '69, a sexy '69, especially one that you're sort of enthusiastic about, is like drink a beer or have a conversation with somebody else, <laughs> right? So it seems like that would just be like the worst of all possible worlds for a costume. <laughs> Pardon me, I I have a felt cylinder in my mouth. I can't. <clears throat> oh wow, you were going for a lot more verisimilitude on that costume than I had imagined. <laughs> I'd actually imagine that. Half well, I mean, of course, my dick would be in Ernie's mouth as a part of the costume. <laughs> um, Ernie's, ah man. So, what if you just went as just Ernie, but instead of a mouth, you just had a flashlight? But it wasn't even a it wasn't even a mouth shaped flashlight. It was like one of the vagina shaped flashlights. Wow. What are you going as? Well, it, I'm um, a dream that I have. It's kind of high concept. Um, man, if you just cut, like, if you just got, uh, okay, so imagine, imagine, you know, that costume where you put the zipper going down your forehead and opening above your nose, right? Yeah. Except instead of zombie face below there, you just had the vagina from a flashlight. <laughs> that would be fucking horrifying. And it would be you would be so uncomfortable to talk to. You would be the hit of the Halloween party. Like and the best part would be when you unzipped your pants to show them the mouth down there. <laughs> I mean, if you are female, you can pull that costume off just by learning to walk on your hands. And then you just put big googly eyes on your thighs. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> hmm. I liked uh, Lenore's costume. What was it? That she she um, went as the NSA and wore uh, just a little dress with googly eyes sewn all over it and a little earpiece. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, it's the kind of con the costume where you have to say I'm the NSA. Yeah. But she looked cool anyway. Oh, while uh, while Emily was here, we spent two days developing a funny tweet that we then posted to Twitter, uh, and it was a, it was our joke that, that they should make a, a sequel to How High, called How High Two, Let's Get Literally Baked, starring Muffin Man and Bread Man. Ooh, yeah, it's a pretty good tweet, huh? That is a pretty good tweet. <sighs> Have you seen How High? Uh, nope. I saw it in the theater. I haven't even seen it on weed. <laughs> I saw How High in the theater because it came out that summer. I watched every movie because I was getting paid to watch movies. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they smoke a lot of weed, Method Man and Red Man, in it. And then I think maybe some smart person's ashes get mixed into some some weed. I think the premise of the movie is that they have like a real smart friend who dies, and then they cremate him, but then mix his ashes in with a bag of weed. And so whenever they smoke that weed, it makes them really smart. <laughs> And Naturally. and they can see a sort of a force ghost of that guy, and he tells them hmm. he tells them the answers to the tests, and so then they get you know they get a higher education, <laughs> and then there's a point where the stuffy old dean uh, they they slip him you know I mean they probably they probably sneak a, a a tray of pot brownies in, and it makes it so all the white people can dance. Oh, and that's the story of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, that tweet was basically my last two weeks. <laughs> I'm still sad that not as many people as I wanted to appreciated my Cockney rhyming slang joke. Which joke was that? Keep, you liked it, but hardly anybody else did. The idea that my new Cockney rhyming slang is going to be uh, <clears throat> deuce, which is deuce coop. Which rhymes with poop. Right. So if you're going to say that you need to go poop, you can just say, I've got to go do a deuce. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. It took me a while to get around to it, but I feel like it it works in a way that... It does. No, I mean, it works in a way that... You know, know, we're going to get to this on the second question in this thread that I'm looking at. Speaking of which, do you want to start answering questions about Kingdom of Loathing in this forum thread? Sure, I reckon it's about that. Hamfish writes, The Disco Bandit revamp looks really cool, and now that I've tested it out, I can confirm that it is indeed cool. I'm just wondering, though, the revamp seal clubber has a skill to deal cold damage and a skill to resist cold, while the Disco Bandit has a skill to deal hot damage and a skill to resist sleaze. I'm curious why you decided uh, not to make the elements match for the Disco Bandit, but did for the seal clubber. Um, yeah, it was like the uh, thematic consistency rather than... What, one of, I guess the accordion thief is the one that doesn't have an elemental resistance, right? Because all they had, all he had, was songs before that. Also, why is it a he? Because thieves are men, black men. Um, there was not like the parody on Seal Clubbers was not necessarily a designed thing. It just happened that way. It fell out. Also, I just realized with horror that since the various turtle equipment are actual living turtles, pulverizing them is needlessly cruel. This is old news at this point, but it took me this long to notice. I'd like to request that when you get to the turtle tamer revamp, you add some text when a turtle tamer pulverizes a living turtle to express their guilt. Or maybe they can't bring themselves to pulverize them at all. I think either of those two would be appropriate. The thing is, I think we've been through this. When you pulverize a turtle, you kind of hit it on the edge, so it, totally fine, just scoots off into a sewer where it goes back to join its brethren, and you get a little bit of the powder that you knocked off of its shell. But it's fine. Uh, Finally, you spoke a little while ago about the idea of new ascension rewards other than stainless steel whatevers for future challenge paths. If this becomes a thing, and I hope it does, would it also be applied retroactively, or would it be simply for all future paths from that point? I know you prefer not to bother adding things to the old paths if you can avoid it, but would be big it could be a good way to get people to explore them again. Just thought. Sorry, I got I got backwards there for a minute. <laughs> um, and I mean that might have been a thing that I said seemed like a good idea, but I don't think that I would ever go and add completion rewards, especially like an outfit that was a whole set of things to some old challenge path. Um. Cool work with the Disco Bandit rework, says Whack. That's Not a Knife is on the same leaderboard as Demand Sandwich for hilarious offbeat shit. Is it? 
I don't mm. like. Would you describe those things as having conceptual parody, Mr. Skullhead? Well, they're in different categories, right? Because that's not a knife is a pop culture reference, while demand sandwich is just kind of funny. Yeah, but I think it's funny in a in a kind of a fundamentally different way. Like, I didn't have a good way. I didn't have a good name for a skill that lets you sort of scrounge a knife. I mean, I think with the bracketed name of the skill when I first spindled it was like scrounge shiv, but that doesn't that uh. doesn't flow at all. But that's not a knife doesn't make any sense as a name for that skill. Or that's not a knife. This chunk of shoe leather that I have sharpened is a knife. No, no. Well, it hits the random part of farts. Yeah. Uh, Which is a great topic, continues Wack. Offbeat humor. What kind of humor do you prefer? I originally started playing KOL because I understood some of the earlier references and found them funny, sort of like how I like some some of Family Guy's jokes and gags because they come out of left field. There's a marked difference in the humor theme of earlier content. In the Haunted Pantry, you're attacked by a fiendish can of asparagus. Cans of asparagus aren't normally all that scary, but this one's got a knife. It's hilarious. While obscure references to a 1970s cooking show and some guy who turned a bus into a house go over my head. Wait, what is that? I don't even know. Hmm. I feel like that's why you we tend to embrace all forms of humor that we can. Because like the pop culture reference thing is something I do more compulsively than intentionally. Yeah. But you can't deny that it is fun and if somebody drops a reference that you get, you do have that moment of feeling nice about the world, right? Yeah, and I mean, there's... So, and I think it's worth doing, but we just, you know, we it's not the only thing we do. Uh, this is how do you balance between humor designed for newer players and veteran players by literally not ever considering it along that axis at all, for my part. I try to keep my, like, pop culture library current. <clears throat> but uh, then again, we're, not, we're never going to be, like, making a joke about twerking a month after somebody starts talking about twerking. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, like some random, like we would make an all your base joke, but I don't know, even, I mean, I guess. Like we're not doing what does the fox say yet. Yeah. We'll do it in a year. Well, maybe. I don't think I, I don't think I would, but you might, I guess. What is it? What kind of humor do you prefer is an interesting, so like, I like a sort of, a joke that is a subversion of a joke troke a joke troke <laughs> like that oh uh, spoonerisms are my favorite kind of humor especially spoonerisms that result in neither of the two things being words um mm-hmm. you know like the interrupting cow or I, I, this is a great knock knock joke you start uh, uh-huh. kind of thing is is really great to me I kind, you know, I like a, I like a shaggy dog story. For a long time, I would have told you that my favorite joke was a skeleton walks into a bar and says, "Give me a beer and a mop." Uh, I like the doctor. I, I bit my ear. Well, how'd you manage that? I stood on a chair. Yeah. Um, Do you like the really pithy and more absurd than anything? Yeah, and I mean, I think your, your deuce. Cockney rhyming slang joke is is like that, right? You know, I mean, it's like, did you hear about the new Michael Jackson hamburger at McDonald's? Michael Jackson fucks little kids. Like, that's <laughs> kind of funny. 
You know, I mean, it's not, it. It's funny because it it addresses more just being sick of people making the jokes about Michael Jackson, right? But it does it by making a joke about Michael Jackson, which you know, how do you know sure. if a blonde has been using your computer? Ask someone. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the first jokes that we collab yeah, how do that we collaboratively made, head underwater. we collaboratively made up in high school and it's like those are pretty funny i hold her head underwater until she stops struggling that's that's good i think that's a good joke but it's not you know you wouldn't tell your grandma that joke right i really like an elaborate pun honestly yeah like a better better nathan lever kind of thing or yeah even as simple as the Buddhist who didn't have anesthetic while he had his root canal because he wanted to transcendental medication. Right. Yeah. Although, man, the hardest I have laughed at anything on the internet are probably the autocorrect fails. Yeah, and that's I like I I just sad. I it's yeah, it's it's like a that's that's kind of the same. I feel the same way about that as I feel about like the Jackass movies. Right, where it's like I'm laughing at this because I can't not. It is like short circuiting the thing. Like this is funny in the same way that like, I, like opiates are pleasurable, right? <laughs> well, it's like not. It's like fine. You you know like you don't don't quit your job and just start writing autocorrect jokes on the internet, right? And you'll be fine. It's fine to enjoy them every once in a while. But, like, that just, like, straight-up random thing, I feel like is, it's, is it's a little cheap. I mean, I feel the same way about a lot of, like, even a lot of the, like, generated funny content stuff that we do. It's, like, it's a cheap way to get a laugh. It's a cheap way to get, like, 50 funny things instead of five, I think, is the, the random stuff. I think for me the autocorrect ones are more it's funny imagining this person actually standing there saying this thing over and over but it's also kind of funny to watch somebody struggle to communicate and not have a shot at it you know like I'm gonna put this in my anus anus no shit I meant anus duck darn it freaking auto turducken and you can tell exactly what they're trying to say, and just that continued fail is what's funny yeah, more so than the words that Yeah, I mean, except I just feel like those are all fake, right? And and realizing... See, that that's where you and I are different. Yeah. Anyway, it continues. Uh, well, how do you balance humor design for newer players and veteran players? This game is funny. Come check it out. Versus, if you were alive 30 years ago, you might have watched this one TV series. Hey, remember when trading cards were a thing? That's also in this adventure description. Of course, both have their place, but as a veteran player, I miss some of the simpler stuff that can only be found, or that can almost only be found in beginner areas, since all the jokes in later areas are super clever and witty and referential. I am not a clever man. I don't think any of those things are Yeah, I really, I kind of don't think that either. I mean... Some of the later, I think you are more likely now when you're writing stuff to go for something simple, elegant, and short. Yeah, I mean, at least in 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 a, you know, item descriptions and stuff, I I tend to to go that way. But I mean, I mean, I guess it's right that like there is a, there is a sort of a categorical difference between like the the White Citadel quest and 
the haunted pantry, right? Because that was just random things. And we we have become more intentional about like the groupings of things that we put together, right? Because it's not like A, it's more work to make things than it was when it was just like I just have to draw a picture and like a monster consists of three numbers and a verb for what it yeah. does to your nipple, right? It they need to be characterized a lot more now and so we write them more as characters than we used to and you don't just like oh that you know what would be a great play is three things that have fuck all to do with each other in a room together <laughs> right and and i like that zone that was a priest a rabbi and a and then you know, oh, that'd be pretty funny actually well i don't know i mean i like i feel like even my referential stuff tends to try at least to like reference some archetype and then play off of other things that have referenced that archetype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like, I don't want people to find stuff and think, oh, I don't get this. I don't get what this is a reference to. So this is not as good. You know, I mean, I like my sort of goal is for always to something to, to be maybe a little bit weird, but still comprehensible if you don't understand what it is that it was talking about. Mm-hmm. But. Diabolico says should I cancel my wedding and honeymoon because something important is going down in the kingdom in the first week of November this is critical information oh god I probably won't even hear this show until I'm gone oh god all his ashes yeah that's not why you should cancel your wedding and honeymoon Mm -hmm. I mean congratulations F says Scully how was your halo charity event how was your halo event that was fun I um I was actually a little better at it than expected because it wasn't uh, it wasn't death matching. It was just playing through the co-op content. Oh yeah, so, so it was just fucking boring. Well, like I, I flew a helicopter really poorly until I understood the just janky, ridiculous fart ass system for steering fucking helicopters in Halo. Did you say fart ass? I did. Oh. Did you just and eventually did you just coin that or got is to that... walk around and shoot people? As far as I know, I just <laughs> coined that. Nice. Yes. Uh, and eventually just got to run around and shoot people, and that was all right. Um, I did not get super drunk and have to stay there for three hours while I sobered up this time, so that was no, good. That is good. But uh, the charity people said that, uh, as usual, our loathers were like more attentive, more active, more engaged, and more generous than anybody else's followers, so good on you guys. You rock. Right on. Uh, Southwest says, so I assume one of the goals for the Mist class revamp is to make spell slinging feel different for Postamancers and Sorcerers. Right now, Postamancer and Sorcerer spells feel like essentially the same skill with the numbers tweaked. Granted, Postamancer spells can be tuned with flavor of magic and Sorcerer spells activate Sauce Spheres, but beyond that, there's not too much difference. They all deal damage and that's it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's true. And, uh, and like, I gotta, I gotta get on that pretty soon. But I've got, yeah, I've got ideas. I think, I think that you'll see some more differentiation. And I think that, I was expecting the sort of feelers that Hot Stuff put out to try to kind of figure out what people's current spectrum of relationships with with spellcasting is in the game resulted in, in my mind, a much less intimidating landscape to try to build something on uh, than I was mm-hmm. than I had feared I would find. So I think it's going to be fine. I think I think you know I think it'll be cool. I am real fucking excited about all the Turtle Timer stuff that I did today. Um, 
Wirt Perch says, I have to say I've been enjoying a good deal of new content lately. Well, new to me at any rate. Monster Manuel has given me a new lease on life in the game, adding a new dimension to exploring the bits I don't normally get into and giving me a good chuckle at the writing and the factoids. Well, thank you. Uh, the other thing I've been up to is using the artistic goth kit from time to time, and I have to say that fighting the crayon monsters is always a delight due to the fabulous artwork and the accompanying commentary from the kid. My question is this, who did the artwork for that? I have visions of you visiting a local kindergarten and telling scary stories, then asking the kiddies to draw what they imagine the monsters to look like. Is that you, or do you, is it's that, or you get them playing the game and then drawing, but that seems less likely than one of you chaps doing the art. So who did it? According to Manuel himself, Jick drew them with his left hand, which I could almost believe. My undying <laughs> thanks to them, whoever they are, and the author of the Manuel factoids. No, I did. I, I just drew them with a crayon with my left hand. That that's, that is how those things came about. Um, they are neat. And I really enjoy writing in the goth kid's voice. <clears throat> so I, I think we can high-five each other, since she likes both the descriptions and the art. Ah, uh, man, Hamfish asks an interesting question. If you could delete a single book-slash-movie-slash-game-slash-whatever from your memory in order to experience it again for the first time, what would it be? Man, that is... That is super hard to answer. Yeah, because I'm beginning to see how much of what I really, really like, and anybody really, really likes, is tied to the time in which you saw it. Oh, yeah, I guess. Or consumed it. Like, I love Pulp Fiction, and erasing that from my memory so I could see it again for the first time would be great, unless I didn't like it that time. Yeah. Like, maybe it plays differently without the, the overlay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I hadn't even thought about it. I, I hadn't be- even thought about just no answer being the right answer to that. You know what, though? I would probably go for Firefly. Hmm. Because it is, every time I watch it, I just kind of wish that there were more of it, and that would be a way for there to be more of it, for, at least from my perspective. Yeah. Being able to read, like, say, The Wastelands, again, from the Dark Tower Hmm. series, like, that would be pretty great. Or even, like, The Talisman. And honestly, like, The Talisman. Or Dune, maybe. Hmm. But I don't know. I'm trying to think of the things that I've been like excited to find out that other people were experiencing for the first time. I'm excited this week because we're watching The Faculty on Horror Show Hot Dog, and uh, Vag hasn't seen it. Hmm. And I'm I'm jealous of him having that experience. Did you and I see that together? Um, I saw it in the theater. This is the one from like '99 or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw it in the theater, but I don't remember. I guess you didn't. We weren't living in the same place then. Anyway. Uh, John Diaz says, completing a hardcore KOL high school run, I was almost as surprised this time when I did get a stainless steel item without fighting the sorceress as I was when I didn't in Bugbear. Does does this imply a shift in ascension reward thinking or just a one-time KOLHS thing? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) We probably just thought of it this time instead of not thinking of it and then enough time passing that it would have been too much of a pain in the ass to retroactively give it to everybody else. Uh, the esteemed Mr. Lori says, with people being upset about losing their nap due to AOL being a passive enchantment rather than, or passive enhancement rather than a heal, excluding the free rest, of course. As somebody who only had power nap, I'm not all that upset, but will plans, to, but will plan runs to have access to a heal or perm the basic nap soon. And the seemingly common newbie question of why does my high level skill not work now that I ascended and permed it? Would it maybe be a good idea for things like SHC, 
uh, what, uh, superhuman cocktail crafting. We have sauce and maybe fury or momentum stuff. Haven't gotten to see either of them in game yet. To have in their blue text an explicit disclaimer that it requires the lower level skill to be fully of use slash of use at all. I mean, I I think all of those skills. Well, I guess maybe not superhuman cocktail crafting or way of sauce. Like they all do have in their blue text an explicit disclaimer that it requires the lower level concept that it's addressing in order to be functional. Like I, I think that you I, I think that you are creating this this bugbear that is the person who will mistakenly perm the wrong skill because they're retarded and I don't think that's going to happen like it's possible that somebody permed power nap but not disco map nap disco map disco nap and we just happen to catch them in between them perming those two things with the revamp but no one will perm adventurer of leisure without having disco nap permed like that just won't happen I think anyone who can figure out how to get through a KOL run is not going to, like, make the worst-case scenario, dumbest possible decision on what skills to perm, and so we don't need to worry about protecting people from that. That's what I think. Yeah, let me know when somebody actually does it, and we'll address it then. We probably won't address it then. Um, let's see. Kelha says, one, you mentioned previously the mechanical songbird possibly getting a little more love. Is that still in the works? Ah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, two, also mentioned implementing meaningful resistance in the daily dungeon. Yeah, no, I just keep forgetting to do that. Uh, three, not a question, more praise. Scully, without spoiling anything in chapter 13 in Tales of Dread is my hands down favorite so far. Riff followed as a very close second is chapter seven. Very reminiscent of Native American tales. Love all the Tales of Dread. Great flavor. Now I'm looking to see which one chapter 13 is. And I began that before you read that, and now mm. I'm Four, running out edit of Edit question after listening to the Thursday show, which I thought to ask CDM. You all mentioned there may be a flag for PvP that prevents loot of a certain value being lost in PvP. Real question, are ultra rares protected in PvP? Yeah, they are. Like, every... It's not even a... Fl- like, there full-on is... Like, we went through everything that was stealable... And anything that had any significant meat value, we made unstealable. And it was already mostly like that, because any, you know, anything that's like not tradable or doesn't have an auto-sell value, like ultra-rares, can't be stolen. Edit, edit question. First, sorry for so many questions. Second, is there a chat command to use and or cast multiple items and or spells? I've tried a few different combos uh, and dug through the chat commands, but I didn't know if there was a command that could or would operate thusly. And then it's just a list of things. Yeah, if you use uh, ampersand ampersand in there, it will do multiple chat commands at once uh six lastly jesus christ sorry to make this so long but i love kung fu hustler and if you nerf it i'll be sad but i'll also get over it because you guys know shit clearly know what you're doing and i wish you wouldn't let our the player base is bitching bother you so much why would we play if you weren't good at what you do oh well thank you but part of the reason we're good at what we do is that people tell us what we're doing wrong And we listen to them, so don't worry about it. Uh, Stanley says, Scully, if I recall correctly, a few weeks back you were talking about your writing method and that you'd really like to do a choose-your-own style thing. Take a look at this Kickstarter that's still looking for authors. This is a choose-a-tron. Yeah. I remember reading about that. 
and finding it strange. I Eat Food says, Looking at my sweet, sweet baby sandworm, I noticed this. Increases stat gains after combat, unlocks new time travel content. Now, I'm no astrophysicist, but isn't being a June 09 familiar of the month, isn't it a little old? A lot of it takes place in the fucking future, bro, so it's still pretty new. If you've never seen it before, it's new to you. Uh, Aksaka says, The old man by the sea and the hermit appear to have be the same age and have the same hereditary baldness. Are they related to each other? Is there a reason they live on opposite sides of the kingdom? Yeah, they don't like each other. <laughs> Hardly anybody in the kingdom likes each other that yeah. much. Southwest says, I wouldn't say they loathe, but... Mm-hmm. Southwest says, regarding last Thursday's discussion of Jick's inability to make simple staple dishes like mac and cheese and grilled cheese, good to know I'm not alone. I always like to throw herbs and extra cheese into my boxed mac. If your slices of cheese aren't melting well in your grilled cheese, then shred your cheese instead. I've been doing that for a while and it melts so much better. Eh, I mean, my slices of cheese are melting just fine. It's these other clowns that seem to have a problem. Uh, also, since this spawned a whole discussion, I'm just taking the online bartending course for fun. I'm not terribly invested in it as the righteous and holy path to a career. I didn't realize it was an online bartending class, or I would have not said all of the things that I said. <laughs> uh, T-Dog says, Jick, I'm an old player, 2004-ish, who stopped and recently started playing again. Well, welcome back, T-Dog. Uh, to my knowledge, opening the sunken chest is still a riddle that hasn't been solved, unless it really is just, is really just the familiar. Do you plan to give out any hints, or will it remain unsolved for the history of KOL? I'm still surprised nobody's figured it out. Yeah, geez, you guys. Time says, just checking in to say that the new trick-or-treat is wicked sweet. Thanks. We should give him something good to eat. Doglord420 says, I just want a spooky name. Okay, we can we can do Doglord420. Um, Hellhoundlord420. Yeah. I want the handful of people that I follow on Twitter who are who have made festive Thanksgiving versions of their names to be to be a real thing. But I my real name, Mr. Skullhead, my real name doesn't have any it does not have a spooky Halloween version that it lends itself to, that I can think of at least. And it doesn't have Heart Attack Johnson. Okay. I guess I could be Thanks Johnson. <laughs> I also, while I will participate in Halloween I don't know that I think that Thanksgiving is a good idea. Hmm. Thanksgiving as a general rule? Yeah, just as a holiday. Like, I'm not going to be all like, eh, fucking Columbus Day. Like, is to fucking imperialist genocider. I mean, there's such a thin veneer of holiday on top of Thanksgiving that I'm pretty fine with it. It is... It is just a time where you eat a traditional meal that you don't normally eat, but is intensely satisfying once a year. Yeah, I mean, it's easy for me to be dismissive of it, even from that angle, because I don't actually like most of the food that is made for a Thanksgiving dinner. Hmm. See, I like me some stuffing, some mashed potatoes. Stuffing is just soggy bread. Candied yams with marshmallows. Candied yams are not good. If I'm going to eat fucking... If I'm going to eat something with that much sugar in it, it's just going to be like a bag of Skittles. So what does your Thanksgiving dinner look like? Let's run through the substitutions. Instead of candied yams, you have a bag yeah. of Skittles. Uh, how do you feel about mashed potatoes and gravy? Uh, well, mashed potatoes with enough brown gravy are tolerable, but it's not something that I would ever seek out. Okay, so what what do you want instead? Uh, like a bloomin' onion? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe, uh, 
I like a banana. Okay. Okay. So, how's the turkey? Turkey's good. Okay. Uh, do you do the like green bean and cream of mushroom soup thing with the fried onion? Well, I do the green bean and cream of mushroom soup thing, which is delicious. But once you put the fried onions on top, it's fucking inedibly disgusting. So sort of. Now I'm just picturing you eating unsalted pretzels because that that is, I feel, the level at which you're hitting me right now. Man, those fucking onions add nothing to that dish. They add texture and they flavor. Add, and both they things, add, both they of add, them are incredibly they add pleasant. The, the texture of, like, greasy shoelaces and the flavor of boiled greasy shoelaces. Cream of mushroom soup, Campbell's cream of mushroom soup, just condensed cream of mushroom soup is fucking great. I used to, I used to make a dish that was just some browned ground beef and some minute rice and some cream of mushroom soup just stirred up into a paste, which I would oh yeah, that's eat, just delicious. And it was fucking awesome. You can also use it to repair holes in drywall. Can you? Or is that a is Probably that a joke not. that you made? J.K. <laughs> oh right, sorry, I, I didn't have the back channel in a in a tab in the front hmm Terion says as I was having a terror on I you know it might be funny to just keep doing that forever yeah as I was having fun clubbing seals after a stressful day of KOL high school I noticed something a little strange is there a reason that while most infernal seals are classified as demons some seals are horrors centurion of sparky servant of Godstank, shadow of black bubbles and spawn of wally okay the spawn I can see is that's kind of a corrupted demon but the others seem like normal infernal seals to me yeah that might have just been a um did we divide up the categorization duties I don't think we did I think I just did them all so I don't know man maybe that there are the the ones that are one thing are contiguous in monster ID. Uh, Squint says, Scully, I'm ever so slowly catching up with Horror Show Hot Dog. Just got through the Don Coscarelli episode. Just curious if you ever got around to reading John Dies at the end. It's one of my favorite books ever, and based on your reaction to the movie, I think you and the other Horror Show Hot Dog hosts would love it, too. Yeah, I read it shortly after watching I bought it, and I I brought it here with me uh, to read, but I haven't read it, because I've not yet finished the uh, autobiography of David Lee Roth (laughs) that I am currently reading. Mm. I, having read the book, I understand why people were a little disappointed with the way the movie ends. Because the book ends with a neat... Not so much a twist as just a coming together of events that is really satisfying, and that doesn't really happen in the movie, and the ending is a little lackluster. But yeah, that book was excellent. I, the dude, this book is full of spiders. Seriously, man, don't touch it. Was not as good. But, you know, it's the sophomore jinx. <clears throat> anyway. Hmm. But I would definitely recommend reading sophomore that. jinx like J-I-N-X, like bad luck? Or is it like, huh? Can you also say sophomore jinx J-I-N-K-S, like short for hijinks? You Maybe. can't. I think you can't. I always thought of it as the, like, you spent 20 years writing the songs that are going to be on your first album yeah. and now that it's a success you and have then, two yeah. years and then to you write make the next word one. realms yeah exactly um 
Midget Dragoon says, Happy Halloween, gents, and thanks for having Uncle C.D. Moyer on the Thursday show. Scully, what usually inspires you when you're writing, and do you have any sort of rituals, demonic or otherwise, that you perform whilst in the writing vibe? Scully, I'm going to let you answer this, and I'm going to be able to hear you, but I'm going to move away from my microphone and towards my toilet, in which I'm going to pee. I move away from the mic to shit out. Um, eh. When I'm doing, like, serious capital W writing, uh, I... Go downstairs to my computer and I close the door and I put on one of the three or four albums that are just music that immediately get me in the mood to write. Um, one of them is Anathalo's album, the. What is that called? Uh, one of them is Communist Daughter's album, Soundtrack to the End. Excellent writing music. One of them is Anathalo's Floating World. Um, and at times, First Aid Kits, first album I'll put on. Uh, but generally, those things tend to put me in the mood to write. Or Brandon Patton's uh, Underhill Downs is also a thing. So it's more about just putting on that music and opening a bra- uh, document and just kind of writing until I can't hear the music anymore. I don't know, like, once I am writing anything, it's always easy to do, because for me, the hard part is... I mean, I guess, like, normal people write whether or not they have anything to write. Like, Stephen King sits down and just writes stuff until the stuff that he needs to be writing comes out, and I tend to just not <clears throat> not even want to go near it unless... I have something that's been stewing in my brain for a while, so it's just about ready to come out. So, like, I don't, I don't sit on the toilet and strain to write. I just, uh, I wait until that dump is right there to be delivered. And like, I tend to not rewrite a whole hell of a lot because it, it tends to all get written. In and my also, head. we are lucky to have this sort of venue where it doesn't require, not this is gonna this is there's no way there's no right way to say this (laughs) there's no like sort of non-insulting to all of us way to say this but the writing that we do and the environment in which our writing goes out to people sort of doesn't require the same level of quality that a novel would require right it's not the same level of we can and we can always just but that. the other thing is we can always just fix it if we see something that we did wrong or something that we oh you know what I should have made this joke we just go back and change it and then it's changed right it's not like this is a thing that yeah. we're sending off to be printed or something right so it's just there's way less pressure you know even though this has you know we our writing has a bigger audience than most people who write novels and publish them right but it's but but yeah it's whatever don't think about it don't think about it vernacio says i love the new halloween it's definitely something that makes trick-or-treating fun again and i hope it stays this way in the future i also love the writing for the neighborhood cop as well as the awesome random notes of the candy bowl and peas dispensers thanks a bunch i uh i i assigned you the task of watching paul blart mall cop five times <laughs> as research for writing that how many times did you watch paul blart mall cop mr skullhead Exactly five. Mr. Motherfucker. I mean, you you don't know because you don't know whether to believe me or not. So uh, you're going to assume that I'm lying no matter what I say. So uh, I watched it five times. 
Uh, Valkris says, not actually a question, but I've decided that the curmudgeonly pirate really should have an avatar-changing potion called Grime of the Ancient Mariner. That's pretty funny. Uh-huh. Uh, That's one of those suggestions that makes me feel sad. Yep. Yeah. All right, I'm going to lock this, and then we have, a, we have another thread because I fucked up. Uh, man, what V-Bulletin does when you lock a thread is the most useless thing. It's like, oh, just wait here, and we'll redirect you to the thread that you just locked. Like, oh, yeah, that's what I want. I usually lock things because I want to spend more time looking at them. Yeah. Uh, Hamfish says... Uh, thanks for my sweet new custom avatar. It's awesome, and I'm now the prettiest zombie. I hope that you make Brandy a thing. Maybe a trick-or-treat drop from the house of a fancy zombie or craftable. You guys are releasing so much new content, which is fantastic, and you should be congratulated. The case of items of the month, is it hard to create something new and interesting rather than just making a copy of X? Or are you so full of ideas that you never have trouble? Man, I'm so full of piss and vinegar that I never have any trouble with anything. That's that's my answer. Melon says that trivial update about the bug that turned you into CD Moyer output balls and then logged you out is hilarious. And what makes it even funnier to me is trying to imagine what had to have happened to produce such a bizarre bug. What actually was the deal with that bug? And is it as hilarious as I'm imagining it to be? If you really want me to explain it, I will. Um, I'm pretty sure that that was a skill that was an early skill that used the new way that we code skills which is in a in a, a block of code that's stored in the database rather than just hard coded into a script and it was a conditional skill and chris made it and then the conditional on it he just made if your player id is cd moyer then 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 do this thing and it was in the copy of the skills table that nobody was using on dev because we've got that split for doing the revamps and then I in an effort to make it stop showing up on the diff report made it go live but he had done an equals instead of an equals equals so instead of checking instead of the conditional checking whether you were CD Moyer the conditional was making you CD Moyer and since it was just a test it was a skill to just make sure that something was working all it did was say balls because that's what we do right like yeah. if I want to see whether code is executing, I will just put echo fart in the middle of it, and then if I see that fart somewhere in the output, I know that that code is being executed. So yeah, that's it. Uh, Wax says this is a thing in your game. Thoughts, and then he links to the dope gangsta bling bling. Like yeah, I think the layers of irony are thick enough on that that I'm not embarrassed. Yeah, of yeah. I'll agree it hasn't aged as gracefully as parts of our game has, but I, I don't think it's to the to the point that you're you're pointing it out probably means you think it is whack, so You think it is it. whack. I mean I think it's pretty mm. whack. Alexander says, upon the Seal Club revamp, I had this note was changed that instead of the blue text saying improves your thrust smacks and improves your lunging thrust smacks, it was simplified to say improves your smacks. Given that other skills that affect smacks include Northern Explosion and Lunge Smack, does I? And if so, why does the black text skill descriptions only call out thrust smacks and lunging thrust smacks? Shouldn't that have been updated too? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, because I saw that there was text there, I assumed that I didn't need to write anything, and so I didn't. Uh, also, speaking of smacks, two-handed clubs allow LTS, TS, and Northern Explosion to auto-hit, or so it appears. Why do they ignore lunge smack? Uh, that's an oversight. Um, 
Baron von Bix says that can I have the stoat be made to improve the heroin your character uses? Yeah, it already does. Uh, it's just that there is no heroin that your character uses. Because this is not a game about fucking drugs, you fucking druggie. <laughs> WVO Quine says, best baked potato filling? I like a baked potato with everything on the side. Hmm. Yeah, I think I would rather have a, a baked potato that I can build from a bar. Yeah. I am. Um, mo- but I tend to put just about everything available on there. I am... Um, you know, I'll do butter, sour cream, and cheese. Uh, I can... Bacon on a baked potato, I can take or leave. You know, I'm not going to, like, pick it off if it's on there. Chives, I would omit. I put them on there, but I don't think I've ever tasted them. Oh, yeah? I mean, if they're still... If they're, like, alive chives or a chlives, uh, Mm. then they definitely have... Or the pirates are chives. They definitely have an oniony flavor. Uh, Blue Scream says, it seems we spend a fair amount of uh, time time traveling in the kingdom. Well, how, how do you know how much time you spend doing it? What with the temporal rifts, empty bottles, zombie slaying, Groundhog Day style reincarnation? Is there something wrong with time in the kingdom? Is this some sort of trait of adventurers? It's both. Uh, Wingedivil says, are the class ramps, are class revamps going into the realm of class act ascensions? I don't have any idea what that question means. Senar hmm. um, Raton says, first of all, this game is amazing and said requests are annoying indication of dissatisfaction with said game. You don't you don't have to you don't have to hedge your your uh, your questions like that. Would it be possible to better track the hidden city section of the Holy MacGuffin quest in the quest log? It's relatively easy to figure out where you are as long as you don't place the spheres into the altars, but afterwards you can't quite tell where you are in the quest. Uh, just do something like do A, B, C, D, similar to the peak quest, and it checks off each section after you acquire the sphere. Um yeah, I guess. I guess I could show the subsections of it. I mean, I don't want really to... Like, you know that what you are trying to do is find four spheres and put them into pedestals, but your character doesn't know that. And so you getting to the city and then the quest log immediately just saying like, hey, you need to find the mossy sphere and the cracked sphere. You're like, wait, what the fuck? What, what are these spheres that you're talking about? Right, because you don't know about them until you go to the altar and get the vision, and then it does occur in the quest tracker. Um, hmm. But I guess you're right that it doesn't tell you when it's done, although you could just go to the altars and see if they're done. <laughs> right, because they'll tell you when they are, and it doesn't cost you anything to, to go check them. And all of the altars are right next to the building that their quest happens in, so that's a convenient shorthand. John Anon says, so when are we going to get an item of the month that's as overpowered as clip art? November 1st, buddy. Also, on a completely unrelated note, how will the devs handle rave skills and Kentucky Fried Hustler? I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, Sporky McFork and Spoon says, hey guys, I've gone back to college and started working on a project to translate the game Sword Art Online colon Infinity Moment into English. Never would have guessed that a game called Sword Art Online colon Infinity Moment was not natively in English. And put a fan patch out on the internet for people who aren't me to enjoy and to also enjoy playing it. And I've had to stop playing KOL since I no longer have time. Still, I listened to all the podcasts except Horror Show Hot Dogs. Sorry, Mr. Skullhead. You could have just skipped that part instead of saying that, you know. 
And it sounds like fun stuff is happening in the kingdom. I'm sorry I'm missing it. I still log in once a month to buy the item of the month. Oh, well, thank you. And I apologize for calling you out for saying that you didn't listen to our show, Hot Dog. You can say whatever mean shit you want to Mr. Scullet as long as you keep giving us money. In part, so I have toys to play with when I come back, and partly because $10 a month seems like a reasonable amount just for the podcast. Oh, that was a kind That was a kind oh. thing to say. Anyway, thanks. Anyway, you do a spooky version of my name. I didn't have time to post last month. Let's see. Um, sp- spooky McFright. There you spook. go. Good. I was going to say uh, sp- Spooky uh, McFace in a Spoon. Oh, God. Imagine if you saw a face in your spoon. The last thing you see before you die is a, is a face, face in, in your, your spoon. spoon. Hmm. The last thing you see before you eat cereal. Uh, anyway, uh, oh, no, I guess this wasn't a question. Uh, what is the thing you've made in the last year that you're the most proud of? Seal Club revamp. <laughs> I took a really, uh, really big pasta. dump after eating a, too much pizza. I was pretty proud mm. of that. Was it pizza or was it just like uh, moistened arugula and pineapple? No, it was. It was from the normal. It was from the pizza place, but they they um, they put way too much cheese on the pizza, and so you can't you can't really eat a lot of it. Uh, Professor underscore says, "Love the Halloween revamp. I went from largely ignoring the holiday to spending a ton of turns trick or treating and had a great time doing so." Well awesome the star house has fascinated to me as a social experiment i've long assumed that most gamers are like me when faced with a video game style moral dilemma and take the obviously goody two-shoes path but now perhaps we have evidence do you have analytics on what percentage of players chose to steal the huge bowl of candy versus leave it and how many did both when presented the option a second time any other moral math that can be expressed in terms of sweet sweet candy i don't know how many people did both um but i do i can get numbers on how many people took it Versus didn't take it. Um, it is, let's see, the average relationship between those two numbers. This does not actually look accurate. I wonder if that's counting a bunch of, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I need to spend span eight days starting two days ago. Uh, no, eight days starting three days ago. Seven days starting three days ago. How do I do this? So it appears that four times as many people did not take the bowl as took the bowl in aggregate. Um, there, I would. It would take some effort to actually sum up the numbers, but in general, 24% as many people took the bowl as did not take the bowl, even when the rewards are the same. So it seems like 80% of people are like you, question writer, in that they will do the right thing for no good reason. They're like you and so that's Spike pretty, Lee. That's pretty reassuring. Hey guys, this is Sandwich Do. With Class Review, I'm sitting and having some content that can only be accessed in a window of a few days. I was wondering what the process was for determining what content will only be available for a limited time. Is it always planned out, or have you had moments where content was rendered inaccessible due to an unforeseen circumstance? Also, what's the next class on the Revampathon? Whatever it is, I'm looking forward to it. Turtle Hammer. Turtle Hammer. Uh, and no, it's like never planned out, right? I mean, we just decide what we want the event to be, and then there's whatever we make is what's going to be limited. I don't know that I want to bust my ass as hard as I had to for the disco bandit thing. So I think they'll 
the the ones in the future, especially because I'm on kind of a tight schedule now, are going to be more akin to the accordion thief one. Um, mm-hmm. Although that was probably the most content heavy revamp, also just because it there were also like 18 new items or 20 new items that went in yeah. for it. So yeah. Anyway. Underscore Wa says, I listened to a recent podcast and I was left with the question, why include slash create the skill hibernate if you think players are stupid for using it? Well, you apparently didn't listen to the podcast very carefully because there is no way that I would ever say that because I full on don't believe it. What I what I have said is that hibernate is not a good deal if you are really, really good at the game. But being bad at the game is not the same as being stupid. And I would use the shit out of it if I was playing because I don't get as hung up on optimal use of resources as a lot of the more serious KOL players do. And so it is totally worth it to me to spend one out of every 10 turns resting so that I don't have to spend one out of every three turns resting. So like the reason that I included or created it is because there are a bunch of people for whom it is a useful thing and a thing that they will enjoy using and reaping the benefits of. And the fact that it is not for you does not mean that people are stupid for using it. And it especially doesn't mean that I think that people are stupid for using it because I full on don't. And you're going to see more stuff like that. So don't even, don't even act like it's all what and everything. Uh, Pachinko, it says before the dissension pill changed, did anybody eat a 36 fullness s'more? I have no idea. Uh, Forum Kebab says with all the revamps that are coming out as of late, which has been your favorite class revamp thus far? Also, which of the first 10 quests did you have the most fun revamping? I'm, I don't know. I'm more excited about the turtle tamer one than I have been about a lot of the others. Um, but that's just because I worked on it super recently. Also, which of the first 10 quests did you have the most fun revamping? I liked the, I like the peaks. Um, McLarge Huge was hard. Yeah. Yeah. The knob, I feel like I just spent like a couple days and just did it, and that was fine. I really liked writing the uh, the five faction war peak yeah. stuff. <clears throat> I always love it when the game gives me a chance to just throw out paragraphs of bullshit. Well, luckily, it's like a machine for that. Yeah. Let's see. Bread Tower says, I'd been trying about PvP for a week or so when I heard CD Moyers. I was able, I was motivated to continue until I had the rewards I wanted. I ate PvP food, including a hot dog. Uh, uh, that was him saying D equals to be like a uh, face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and drinks, washing it down with some haterade. Isn't this a drink, technically? And I went to PvP only to see that it was the end of the season and I had to repledge to a clan to start PvPing. I'd wasted all my food slash drink slash spleen on the Boris holiday. Double food loss, unfortunately, with no bonus PvP adventures awarded. This wasn't very fun. Are there any plans to make it so PvP consumables don't work if you're not currently enabled for PvP? Thanks. Your game is fun. I mean, does it not tell you... Does it not don't tell you that you're getting PvP fights? I don't really understand what happened to you. So... Maybe ask CD Moyer the next time he is on the radio in a year. Hamfish says, a couple extra questions I thought up. I gather you guys keep away from the Make a KOL threads. Is this because you don't like the ideas? You don't want to use ideas you didn't make yourselves? Or you just prefer to come up with stuff yourselves? I mean, I think a little from column B and a little from column C. And a little from column, we generally have a whole lot of ideas more than we have the wherewithal to implement them. Yeah. So, like, additional ideas won't help. And then... I, and you run the risk of contaminating 
Like when we do our own brainstorming threads, we tend to post our posts whited out so that we don't contaminate each other's thought process. Yeah. So that would be even more so for the Make a KOL threads. I always feel, I mean, I, at first, when I first like sort of suggested that, I felt a little weird about it, but I think it's totally the right thing to do. Yeah. Because it just results in more original stuff. And I mean, it's it's funny to see how many of the same jokes multiple people will make. Yeah. You know, because they're just the obvious joke. I, I would rather see that joke made twice than see it made once and somebody just have more filler in their list because their good ideas were already taken. Uh, he says, also, I have a multi that I haven't used in years and will never use again, but he can't be deleted. How much server space do all the unused characters take up? Like, basically none. The, the storage space in the database is not a thing, and it never really has been. Um, except in the sense of, like, back in the day, it would make some queries slower and make the game laggier, but that's just, like, the hardware improvements that have occurred in the last 10 years have just rendered all that kind of irrelevant. Boy, Mr. Skullhead, that was a show. I'll tell you what. That was a nice long show. It was a lovely show. Oh, wait, there's another. No, no. No. Never mind. There was, I thought there was something post. else in that thread, but it was dumb. Ouch. Well, all right. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be chatting at you next week. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and I'm leaving. I'm Jack, and I'm already gone.